What's up, everyone? It's Spencer here from Scoped Exposure. And Jessa from Damage Control. And together, we make the host of Through Our Lens podcast. And we are putting together the Scoped five-year fest that's happening here in Calgary. This fest is happening August 26th and 27th in the city of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We got a ton of great bands who are playing. Uh, We got a bit of a California takeover with Strife, Tsunami, and Scowl. We've also got I Am joining us from Texas along with Ballista. We've got Karma from Chicago, Change from the Northwest, and a ton of other great supporting acts. Tickets can be bought at www.damagecontrol.store. We've got weekend passes as well as single day offerings up there now. You can also find the ticket link in the description of this podcast as well as either of our socials. This is something we've worked on for a long, long time. Get your tickets now and we'll see you there. Like, I'm sorry, Posty, if you're watching this. I po- love Posty, baby. we love you. But Posty, baby. Drink <laughs> Miller Lite. It's way better. It's one more ingredient to this battle. Our secret ingredient. The theme on which our chefs will offer their succulent variations. Today's secret ingredient is... Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. We go from Western Canada to the Midwest, and I'm very excited to be chatting with a good friend of mine, someone that I've got to rub shoulders with a lot through different shows and festivals and and captured a lot of their different bands. Uh, We got Alex from uh, Rot and Wagot Sleeps and a schwackload of other bands that I'm sure they're going to talk about. (laughs) Um, Dude, I'm very excited to finally have you on the podcast. Dude. Same. It's been uh, almost a year in the making here. Uh, we've been talking about it for quite some time, but mm-hmm. we're both both busy bees. And it's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we've like, had to cancel and reschedule like four times. Yeah, I think it, it, it's been <sighs> yeah, and and up. You know, I appreciate you being flexible because I think some some Likewise. of the rescheduling. Yeah, I think it, it's a two way street at times. It goes both where, ways. Last you time know. you hit me up and you're like, "You ready?" and I was like. Oh my God. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot. No, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. It's it's for sure been a both way thing. So I think I think happy we made it work. Uh, agreed. I think the initial times like the more that I do this podcast and the more serious that I'm like really trying to make this like, okay, I'm I'm really gonna be turning up the um um the juices on it, like when we hit season three, especially uh yeah. going into to into twenty twenty three. Um it's just like making sure my processes were fine. Like obviously we have like totally. our podcast producer Jordan now in the mix and we have yep. like a calendar, like invite things. So like, it's just like it, it's just like small steps into making the perfect beast and, and machine totally. to, to output the, yeah. the best content for sure. Totally. It's been cool to like watch, uh, I mean you and your channel, but the podcast as well, like expand and like, see what you've been able to do with it it's really cool yeah the progression has been fun to follow yeah i feel like um you know alex and i's like you know there's a lot of history because i remember the very first time that um that we got to link up was when um 
uh, Swing Low was playing the pre-show for Wild Rose, and that was, you know, that yep. was the second time I was filming them, but that was the first time when you yep. were on the drums, and then, yep. you know, that's when I learned about War Prayer, and then War Prayer had its <laughs> final show, which, so yeah. there's all these different, Yeah, like, there's a lot of history. Yeah, which uh, obviously sure. we're gonna, you know, uh, we'll dive in. rip apart and, uh, and talk about on the episode but obviously um you know before we get into the the music chats we have to check some bevs and you know as time. i feel like yeah i know that you came prepared so uh <laughs> tell the people at home what you're going to be sipping on for the episode all right right here we got a sun for miles it's a hazy ipa from lua brewing in des moines iowa cool Probably can't see anything on there uh they're rated one of the best breweries in the country right now and oh. uh, my girlfriend and I made a trip down there last weekend to check out the tap room and just like spend some time away from home. And they, the brewery I work at is like good friends with them. Mm. And so like they hooked it up and uh, I saved this specific beer for this specific event. Oh, so, so we're going to crack into that. Um, do you, uh, do you often do like specific trips just to try out different beverages um, or is that kind of like a first time kind of thing? definitely not a first time but it's not like all the time as far as like from here to Des Moines it's like three and a half hours mm -hmm. so um around our city like very often you know something that my girlfriend and I like to do together is try new beers and go to different breweries mm -hmm. and just like both being in the industry it's kind of like R&D in a way but it's also like it's fun for us to like go and like talk about it and like do that whole thing yeah so and yes and no. It <laughs> has been a while. Like it's rare that I'm driving three and a half hours just like go to a place to drink beer. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you boil it down. But. Yeah. But I do think, you know, if it wasn't obvious, like um a lot of Alex's like background when it comes to being a brewer and like his uh love of, you know, the the bevs as well, it was, oh, you gotta get that. <laughs> We almost had to spill very early <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, we were ready for it. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's obviously a talking point that I want to get to as well. Um, I, I always love uh, being able to talk about like the different worlds that, you know, we all like yeah. meet through punk and hardcore, but then there's like yeah, learning. But everyone's got something else going on. Too. Absolutely. Like, um, whether it's a career or a hobby. Or, or yeah. yeah, or something in between. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah everyone's um, got I feel like, you know, if I'm being completely transparent, and this is for all the people that kind of listen every week or, you know, every episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast, I think for me, like, I've been disappointed in myself of my Bev game. And what I mean by that <laughs> is I think before all the beverage sponsorships and all, like, the the huge mountain of liquid death that I w w was sitting behind me a lot of this season. That shit's so funny. <laughs> I was just like drinking a lot of that just to get through all, yeah. all, like a lot. So I was like, I need to make sure that I bring something um, that's that matches um, definitely something that you would be bringing to the show. <laughs> so I'm drinking a Green Demon, which is a Ooh. blue raspberry lemonade sour. Uh, done by New Level Brewing, who does sponsor yeah. the podcast. Um, yep, I've followed them like since you first posted them. Yeah, so, I've kept um, there was a bit of a there was a pop up maybe a few weeks ago um, where it was like a bunch of hardcore kids were doing like you know t shirt swaps and like you know yeah. selling records and 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 all that and vintage 
kind of shit. And uh, I I went down there just to check it out for a little bit, and I caught up with Drew, and he's like, this is just the number one seller of all time, all through the totally. summer. So, um, awesome. yeah, I'm going to get this cracked, and then I will cheers you, and hopefully I don't spill like like you were about to. <laughs> uh, cheers to you, Alex. Really excited to do this Cheers, podcast, brother. Bro. I'm very stoked that we're finally doing this. Also... <laughs> I want to compliment you on your fit because Thank you. it's like the yellow with blue print and then the blue <laughs> hat with the yellow uh, uh, stitching. So I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't plan that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. I got to appreciate it. As soon as you jumped on, I was like, damn, I'm just I'm just your typical hardcore kid wearing all black, all that kind of shit. But oh. Uh. Um, so Alex, as you know, you know, you, I'm sure you've listened to a, a number of different episodes of oh, yeah. fellow oh, homies yeah. who've been on this show before. Um, and it's also you, the second rot episode. That's true. That's Errol true. did one a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now. It's the first while God sleeps podcast though. Okay. True. I think. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any new guests that I have on the show, I always like to ask like, uh, getting a little bit of context about how they got into this whole schwack of of worlds as as far as totally. heavy music goes. So tell me the first time that you heard, you know, your first breakdown, your first heavy record, band, um, screaming, however you want to. Start. Totally. So growing up, my uncle, uncle is like cousin, mom, family member, a cousin essentially, not literally a cousin, but we consider them cousins. Mm. Um, family, just like mom's cousins kids so like not it doesn't matter regardless someone i spent a lot of time with uh in my family was super into napster okay so he had like this bank of like sixteen thousand something songs and you know it had anything from like it was like dave Chappelle skits to tool to dr dre to the Foo Fighters, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything you can think of, he had it on this like little hard drive. And when iTunes became like really popular, when I was middle school, early middle school, probably, mm-hmm. um, I just like kind of had access to that. So like, it was definitely both a good thing and a bad thing. There's definitely some stuff on there that as a young child, I should have not have been hearing, but um, it was things like Tool and System of a Down. And that kind of stuff that I remember him like showing me and then me going and finding later in that library. And then just kind of like going from there. Mm-hmm. And then listening to that stuff as I grew up, my parents were both into somewhat heavy music. Um, my mom was always listening to like Linkin Park and Evanescence and that kind of stuff. My dad was into hair metal in that era. So like mm-hmm. just a lot of culmination of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um they bought me a guitar and I just like started learning riffs from metal bands. And then it just like snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. Uh, I saw the music video for stick stickly by attack attack <laughs> in seventh grade. Yeah. Straight up. I remember the day I was at my grandma's house sitting at her computer. One of my friend, my friend chase posted it on Facebook and I watched it just cause like, Oh, my friend's sharing music video. I should watch right. it. And it was a stick stickly music video. I have never heard anything like it in my life. 
And I just remember or like, seen anything running. like that. Yeah, literally. Life. I mean, yeah, you've all seen that video. It's, it's We've insane. all, yeah. If you haven't it, seen that yeah. video, you're, you, you are the 1%. Right <laughs> you are the 1%. Yeah, pause this, go watch it right now. Don't um, listen to those podcasts. I, watch that music video. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I, I saw that. Oh, the music video that's Austin Carlisle on vocals, but not Austin Carlisle in the music video. Oh my awesome. gosh, yeah. So sick. I hope that if I ever get to interview <laughs> anyone from... Like the, it's so weird. It's so weird talking about that band now just because like they have returned, but like not with original members. And that's yeah, kind of a weird it's thing. Just it, it, totally. It's one of those projects. I can't believe now we're just like, you know, riffing on Attack Attack. Okay, attack, attack. Um, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad either. I just think it's like Attack Attack in 2022 to me. And, you know, I hope this doesn't completely close the door on any potential of any of them wanting to come on because i generally would be interested in having uh an, an original member to talk about yeah. the legacy of that band because i i definitely yeah, there's think, a lot <laughs> i think they undeniably had an impact on uh alternative music as a whole um yeah 100%. you know like i feel like they you know i think it's just an undeniable thing as far as their timing um but i do think that's a classic example of a band that in some cases should have just died and went away and maybe yeah. formed new bands versus coming back yeah. and re Which they did. Which they which did. they kind of did. None of them worked out. I don't <laughs> all right. I'm not gonna talk shit because that's bad karma. That's fine. But they did that and then, you know, brought a tech tech back, which again, whatever. I mean it's none of my business. None of my business. The likelihood that a, a original member of Attack Attack is listening to this podcast yeah. is very <laughs> slim, but not impossible. Not um, impossible. Something I wanted you to maybe clarify or go a bit deeper on is um, you were talking about Napster, and you were saying like there was maybe there were certain things that you were listening to, but then there was even certain things that you're like maybe I shouldn't be listening to that at such totally. such an early age, but like. What was those things from your perspective looking back now? Because I think most, you know, moms <laughs> or parents would be like, system of a down or corn is like, da, da, dum, da, ba, like that yeah. is probably like just, I don't understand it. So it's like probably demon music for my kids. But like yeah. nowadays, like now that we're all like established adults, we're like, oh, that's just like a really like crazy thing that they put on yeah. the record but were there any things totally. that you're like oh like this was actually a little fucked up that i was being exposed to this this year so this year. my parents were like pretty cool about metal music and that heavy music because they got it mm -hmm. like they totally got like the first cd i ever bought like myself like i remember walking to target with my parents and being like i have money i'm buying the cd it was a slipknot self-titled and they oh. were just like totally like Metal band, it's like, they, they got it. Yeah, they wear masks? Um, cool. <laughs> totally. Right. And things I wasn't allowed to listen to was like Eminem. Okay. And it was stuff like that. Eminem, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, shit in that realm. Just like things that like, the lyrics are very specific and pronounced as opposed to, you know, things like, corn. it's like, there's a lot more to bury lyrics in metal and mm -hmm. rock music as right. opposed to a beat and then some guy essentially talking over rhythmically rapping. Right. 
So it's like that classic, like oh, I can't understand what they're saying, like, but it's exactly. like it, it's harder exactly. to understand. It's not impossible, totally. But yeah, but it was also like the music my parents liked to a degree. So like, right. okay, my parents showed me Green Day, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so like they like not it's different, but like you know what I mean. Like my parents, they knew it was up. So like mm-hmm. I was exposed to guitar music per se from you know the time I was born. So. Yeah, it was like that kind of stuff that I wasn't allowed to listen to, but that made me want to listen to it more. And like, right. So I was definitely walking around in middle school, listening to Eminem and like repeating the words, having no idea what I was saying. Right. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. That's like, that's what, that's exactly what they were worried about. Mm -hmm. So like, I get it, you know? Yeah. It is interesting that, you know, sometimes your parents will either have that effect of like, Oh, this is what we do, and then you like do the total opposite because you don't want yeah. to be that. But then you know there have been lots of people who come on the podcast that are like without my dad exposing me to like Pantera or like yeah. you know the big Metallica, Thor, Metallica, like exactly. it, like that was was cool. So it's I don't know, yeah. I don't. It, I'm sure that there's similar stories for other genres of music, like. Well, my dad was really big into country, and that's what put me on totally. to so and so. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it is uh, interesting, just with the whole like, as you grow up and you just naturally want to rebel as a child, but like music yeah. is kind of like the one, uh, uh, one of the one of exceptions. Um, oh. Fast forwarding, we're back at the stick stickly music. So we're video. back in the tech tag. All right. Yeah. So this was like right when. It was seventh grade, so I was like twelve, right around the time when I started like actually picking up drums. Um, so like, I watched that music video. I put it on my iPod, or I put it on my PSP. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. So I had just joined like Drumline at my school, mm-hmm. so I had like a, a bunch of MP3s that I downloaded on my PSP, and that was one of them. But then it was also like all sorts of like top forty stuff. You know, like like Trey songs and Nicki Minaj and like, like that stuff. Right. Um, All all over the place. Uh, Along with System of a Down and whatever, you know, it was very much versatile, but still like a lot of top 40s and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Stick Stickly by Attack Attack. And I think that, and then I think This Calling by All That Remains was on there from Rock Band. Yep. Because that was the closest thing I had I had heard to Attack Attack at that time mm-hmm. was All That Remains, that song, that only that song. And then we were, I remember being on the bus to like a drumline event and a, a friend who is like still a very good friend of mine to this day, like took that and was like, oh, well, like, let's see what you're listening to. And I was like, oh, yeah, here. And she looks at me and she goes, like, this is bad like this is all bad like why is this all bad except this one song right and i was like well i don't know like i it's just like i just watched this music video like three weeks ago i don't know and she's like i've got something for you like i'll see you next week at practice or whatever she brings me her cd case and it is loaded and it's so it's like messengers by august burns red uh malevolence by plea for purging Mm-hmm. A few different Norma Jean records, Haste the Day, mostly Christ Core, yeah, but still like 
all these heavy metalcore bands. It was my first actual exposure to me- metalcore in like a really big sense, like uh, where I was able to like listen to all these CDs and be like, okay, this is a genre as one. Right. Mm. It's not just this one song I heard that sounds like this band. You know, it's like this is a genre. This is a thing that people are doing. Yeah. And like that was just like mind blowing. I remember running those CDs into the ground. <laughs> still, so most of them I still listen to today. I'm pretty sure like two weeks ago I posted a plea for purging song on my Instagram story. Yeah, plea, like, plea for purging is definitely they get lumped in with that whole like Christcore face down, totally, um, like that kind of era. But like some of the they were heaviest a step above shit, musically, they yeah, they were 100%. way ahead of their time. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Program was awesome. Yeah, but like yeah, so even just some of those records that that you mentioned are like so pivotal for a lot of those yeah. specific bands oh yeah and like it's it's cool that you almost got like a uh a metalcore <laughs> snapshot encyclopedia for whatever year it was yeah um yeah in 2010 i think right. it was like 2011 maybe but yeah it was just like this whole thing and then in minnesota here we used to do something called sunshine music festival it was a big Christian Music Fest, mm-hmm. and but they had a really good bill of heavy bands, always. Yes. So I ended up getting to like go to that after I had like learned to love all these bands and like fallen it not not learned but like fallen in love with all these bands, and then I ended up getting to go to that fest and just like I I saw moshing for the first time and like it, all this sort of. Yeah, I just fell in love. You know, so here's the here's the here's the million dollar question of this podcast. Were <laughs> you at Sunshine Fest 2011? Because I was there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you I'm pretty were. sure that was the first year I went. Okay, because that bill was, Plea was playing. Yep, Gideon was playing. That yep. was the first time I saw Gideon, and that just like Same. totally broke my mind. Yeah, as far as how like heavier like yeah like it's <laughs> it's like metal but it has like just what? this like tough edge to it yeah. um oh, who is that band uh that is very bad and they were on face down and they they were like super poppy oh, i could name a thousand <laughs> <laughs> the, uh it, it might come to me a little bit later but i think for today was also playing. Yeah. Um, um, do you oh remember gosh. the band from here? They're called Your Memorial. Your Memorial with Blake on the fucking vocals. Yeah. That band vocals. was again ahead of its time. Uh, they were awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Hands uh, also played. Yeah. Did you fuck with yeah, Hands? I'm pretty sure twenty. That was the first year I went. Okay, so and that's wild. Hands. That like you and I were. We at were that- in the same room. 12 years ago or 11 years ago because that was my very hockey arena in the hockey arena and uh do you remember when um i think it it was during plea for purging and they told everyone to get low and you think everyone's gonna jump and then they started just like rolling they did a they did a roll of death not a wall of death so everyone's just dude this is so bananas because like that's that, crazy that was my very first um fest hardcore festival i'll, I'll call it that because they have the main stage that yeah. has like 
Totally. Thousand Foot Crush. Family Force Boys. Five. Yeah, Family, oh, family yeah. Force Five. Skillet. <laughs> oh my God, I saw Family Force Five so many times. Um, so the the context there is it was just like um, because I I was when I was one of those kids that grew up in the church and like got exposed yeah, to heavy music through the the face down and the solid states and totally. trust kill and all that shit. Absolutely. Um, and our youth group was like, hey, there's this festival in the States. Let's all drive down and, and go crazy. to it. And like I knew a couple of the bands and I feel like that just like that really like sealed the deal as far as like, you know, um, yeah. just being able to see like people pitting, people doing like yeah. um, circle pits around, around the where, whole where the fucking um, the, yeah, soundboard the soundboard is in the middle yeah. of the hockey rink. That was like, a huge thing at Sunshine. Mm hmm. Yeah, so yeah. there was like so many. I That's think awesome. I think it was <laughs> so I think it was when Plea for Purging was playing. Someone was stage diving, but they told I want this person to stage dive from the stage to all the way to the back of our booth. Yeah, or they started at the back of the merch table and then Ooh. went all the way back. This yeah. is such a trip down memory lane for That's me. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I went like a few years, and then a band I played and got to play one year. And then they, the fest is not a thing anymore, and it really fell off the last few years. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to that pull was up like the, my roots uh, for sure. I'm trying to pull up the 2011 like full lineup. <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, lineup for Sunshine Fest 2011. Uh, okay, Switchfoot. Aaron Gillespie, Anne Berlin, A Plea for Purging, As Hell Retreats. Uh, okay, I was going to say, As Hell Retreats, uh, War of Ages probably played. I think War of Ages did play. Um, I'm going to skip some of these. Oh, Close Your Eyes played, which was one yep. of my favorite bands. Yep. Okay. And that um, was like during that time. Right before, um, what was his name? Shane? Is that the singer's name? Yes. Oh, so we're right before he left the band. Yes. Um, yep. So I, that was for sure that first year that I went because yeah. close your eyes. They never played the fest after. Right. Um, a little bit of a tease. <laughs> I am in the DMS with close your eyes. Cause they kind of like, yeah, they got they're the, coming back the for kinda, furnace fest. Yeah. So, um, we, we did have something on the calendar and then we had to reschedule because, uh, Shane's wife like had a baby, like the same week that it was happening. <laughs> so that will probably be happening into season three, but it will happen. And I am geeked awesome. for something like that. Just because it's one of my favorite bands. I think Shane as a whole is like one of my favorite hardcore vocalists. Oh yeah. I, I would say top 10. Um, Demon Hunter, oh, yeah. Disciple. Yep. Uh, okay, we're on to page two. This is very important. Like, don't skip this part of this podcast. No, this um, is so important. <laughs> flat I'm trying flat to think foot like... 56, hands. Yeah. God, I saw Flatfoot 56 was like a whole thing too at Sunshine. Like, yeah, it was like people would just run in a circle for the entire time that band would play. They would, like every year, it was a thing. It was like Flatfoot 56 starts playing everybody's run it circle pitting yeah but it's like it was in a hockey arena as you know so it's like people it's basically running around a track right you know like a whatever like a high school field house track mm. for 45 minutes well dudes play punk music and bagpipes on stage yeah. that somehow has to do with christ <laughs> <laughs> 
that was always a trip. Um, I the breather. Uh, oh yeah. This was oh, yeah. main stage, but Lecrae, who was pretty much just like uh-huh. that that one like rap like kind of Christian artist that like everyone loved. Um, that that everyone wasn't loved, yeah. I loved Lecrae. Uh, Skillet, Sleeping Giant. Yeah. Um, Texas, Texas in July. Yeah. Almost still okay. We'll come back to Texas in July. Yes. Right. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let me get through the rest of this. Uh, the Color yeah, Morale, which I, 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 another band that I think was a little bit ahead of the time. Venya, War of Ages, and Your Memorial. Yeah, those were the, those were the notable the, ones the, out the of like some of the uh, main stage artists. That is wild. That's so that like sad. made my day. <laughs> Same. That's that's crazy. Your audio was crystal clear when we started, and then I was like, there was kind of like a like okay, we better now. Oh yeah, we're we're cr- yeah, sorry. it's like a thousand degrees in here right now. I have no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> you can okay. probably see me sweating through my yeah. Sh- I yeah, thought I was like, it. are you spilling your drink on you? But nope. you're just straight nope. up sweating. No, nope. I'm just sweating. It's okay. a thousand degrees. It sucks. We live in a fifth floor apartment with no like central air, so it's just like <laughs> sun beating in all day long. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Don't pass. <laughs> Ignore out. the sweat. I'm chilling. We're good. We're staying hydrated. Yeah, yeah. If, Not if, only do I have a beer, but I've also got a beer. So we're staying hydrated. <laughs> um. Yeah. It. It's just. It's. Um. It's very cool. Like. Like again, just so yeah. many memories that are flooding back, and it's like one of those Same. things. Like, we probably like stood roughly by each other Seriously. during certain like bands. except i was probably about four and a half feet tall and weighed 90 pounds mm-hmm. like. but uh it is funny because i i remember i bought a venya shirt at that uh-huh. fest and i think the thing that attracted me to it is like the band was awesome and they like sounded yeah. way more like raw and i think this is like right in my timeline where i'm like you know, I'm listening to like Trapped Under Ice and like just getting into like actual hardcore bands. Totally. So when totally. I heard of Venya, I was like, okay, okay. I I want to dig deeper into this shit and I need to like start wearing shirts that aren't like the crazy August Friends Red designs on them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I remember I bought this like, it was like a, it was a Venya like long sleeve that had like the shots of them on the back all jumping around uh-huh. or whatever. Um, but it was like my favorite piece of merch for like years before i was that's like awesome i can't wear this medium anymore um but yeah that's so crazy and that's it, another I think it's, like minnesota og band totally yeah and i think war like, prayer talked about covering them for years and just never pulled it out <laughs> never did it. yeah it, it, it's pretty it's wild just like how you know like people talk about the midwest like a lot now, especially with like knock loose and like some like LDB and, and a lot of those yeah. festivals that go on. Um, but yeah, like even before a lot of those things were really in the conversation now, like there were so many bands that just really were ahead of their time and really doing things oh, absolutely. like really actively in that. And, uh, you know, you brought up war prayer and I feel like that's a good segue into like, um that because um unless there's like any other notable bands that you think are very important um you know actually before you even hit on that something that i did want to ask you about is the first thing that you said is 
uh, you were playing guitar first before doing drums. So yeah. what was the switch into like, I want to hit stuff versus like, I want to <laughs> like hit some strings. So my parents bought me guitar when I was very young. Uh, that same cousin I talked about that sh showed me like tool and system down and all that stuff. He was a guitar player, but also a drummer. He had a drum set. When I was very, I mean, I'm talking like three or four, you know, I'm not doing anything coherent at this point, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm just like, but I would like sit down at his drums and like, you know, fuck around for a second. And so like, I got older and I did that a few more times, um, but really didn't notice that I liked playing drums until about that same time period. I like, I joined winter drum. Um, I had played guitar and then I try, I auditioned for drums for, for percussion for like band in sixth grade and got denied because I didn't have piano. Two years of piano or whatever it was like required played percussion so i played clarinet for a couple of years and then i joined drumline and just like it was like no like i want to do that i wanted to play snare and drumline that was like the big thing yeah so i just like i remember taking a summer the summer between seventh and eighth grade I, I'll, all i did was like teach myself how to like snare, teach myself technique essentially yeah. and like practice and practice and practice and practice ended up getting on snare that next year ended up like convincing my band director to switch me to percussion and then pretty much from there it was just like okay now i have a drum kit at my disposal and i started listening to metal music and i was like or hardcore not even hardcore at this point like you mentioned at that point when you were at sunshine you were listening to like trapped under ice and stuff and like that was still like three or four years out for me. right like okay. i was still just getting into metalcore and christcore and mm. like that kind of thing so like that fest was the first time i had ever seen a metalcore band. right okay ever yeah so like it was like that was still a couple years out for me and uh, i remember a big one being a day to remember like i got into that band super hard and still like that band's awesome but yeah, I haven't listened to any of their new material, so don't <laughs> quote me on that. But uh, those OG records are are phenomenal still to this day. They yeah, are timeless. I, I they hold up. I totally agree. I am in the same boat where it's like, yeah, I haven't maybe listened to the last two records as far as like sitting down and putting them on. Yeah, but I think anything off of um, uh, the the second or the third record, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the names right now. Like those are some of the, I think that's a true showcase of how great songwriters that entire band is. Absolutely. And like, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like a band will like write those killer records early in their career. And like granted, you know, terror just put out a really killer new record that has so, a, good. so many great songs on it, but like, it's so good. Theoretically, that record could tank, but terror could still exist as a band and only place oh. off of, of like keepers of the faith and absolutely for that. So um, it may be just fine. Yes. So I think a data rumor is kind of in that same boat where it's like absolutely undeniable as far as what they, what 
what their sound was and how they did it and how they like killed it. But yes. Yeah. So it was like basically having at this point now I'm like able to go to the band room in my high school and sit down at the drums and just play mm-hmm. just because like, uh, you know, I was able to like weasel my way into being a percussionist out of clarinet and, uh, Someone at one point donated a double kiss cut. I don't remember how nor who, but it just kind of showed up one day. And I remember taking that thing and putting it in. We had, there was like a practice kit in a back room. And I remember taking that thing and hiding it. I was like, I'm going to use this. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to like do this. <laughs> and it was a lot of a day to remember just because like it's a like simple you know, it's not this calling double patterns. kick, you know, yeah, it's- exactly. It's like super simple kick patterns. <laughs> if you go to YouTube and like type in my name and drum cover, there will be a video of me in that room on that kit covering downfall of us all because That's- it's on a YouTube account that I can't access. <laughs> so I can't delete the video. It's bad. I'm wearing, uh, uh, you remember the, the great commission. Oh, the Great Commission, um, that was the band that was in the Taylor Swift music video, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's hilarious. That band. I'm wearing a Great Commission <laughs> basketball jersey in that video. A basketball jersey? Dude. A basketball jersey. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> You're painting the picture it's, be- beautifully. It's rough. It's so bad. I didn't play the song right. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I was watching like Luke Holland and like that kind of shit. And I was like, I want to make drum covers on YouTube and like. It was really just like I spent a lot of time in that room teaching myself how to play songs. Right. Um, I had taken drum lessons, but not in that realm. It was all for marching. Like that was the focus. Marching was the focus. Which Uh, do you think kind of play like you're happy that you had that time of like the more technical side of things? Yeah. That that definitely definitely was something as someone on the guitar side, I just like burned through so many guitar teachers because I just was like, teach me how to make this weird song that I'm hearing at this Slipknot like song. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. well, do you want to do your scales? Well, you and I'm like, learn. no. But no. like nowadays, I'm like, I kind of wish I had like more totally. of that background. But it sounds yeah. like you're like, and that would, I did the technical stuff first and then kind of just applied it all to the drum kit. Right. Um, and I'm very thankful for that, but yeah, I don't know. Just like, uh, I don't even remember how we got to where we're talking about right yeah. now. Well, I like, I like two things. One is the fact that there, there was a, a subtle moment where you could have been gate kept completely out of drums because you didn't have that piano experience totally. or whatever. Bullshit. Absolutely. But I, you like, were so driven so to like, no, I'm like. I'm going to figure out my way into this. And then when you were there. So it was a point I realized it was like the passion was drums and not just music. It was like what I want to do is play drums. And like, I still like, I still play guitar. It's very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a guitar. It's like at my mom's house. You know, it's so rare that I play. (laughs) Right. There's a well God sleep show. We played, I want to say it was like December. And for the last song, we all like switched instruments. So like oh. I played guitar, Eli played drums, bass, or Jake played, or Jake did vocals, Blake played guitar, or bass, 
No, I just said I fucked that all up. <laughs> you all put it in, in a Jenga we thing all played and like exactly. stick it around and <laughs> yeah, yeah, did that. yeah, yeah, Yahtzee. Yeah, Yahtzee. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, so like, I'm still like able to play, but it, it was very apparent. That, like, drums was a passion. It's like not just music. Like, music is a passion, whether it's playing it or listening to it. But it was like, what I want to do is play drums. You know, mm. I want to. I just like became infatuated. Yeah, and like that eventually turned into finding people who liked the same kind of music that I did, which was goddamn near impossible in the town I grew up in. Right, uh, a lot of ridicule <laughs> for the music I listened to. Like I grew up how, in a super small mean? town. Uh, I grew up in a town of twenty five hundred people in like rural Minnesota. Okay. So like, it's a it's farm town area. Mm. Like, so. I was very big on like the internet. Uh, MySpace was a little before my time, not to date myself <laughs> in a young way, but in the reverse way. But like MySpace was a little before my time, but it was like Facebook was the new thing. Uh, YouTube was booming. So it was just like suggested video after suggested video after suggested video. Like yeah. I got immersed in like the scene culture and like, nobody else where i was from had any idea what that was mm -hmm. so like i'd show up to to school wearing like purple skinny jeans and it was like people who were going home and like farming with their dads <laughs> kind of shit which yeah, is like, awesome those like, are dude, terrible again. jeans to farm in boy yeah, yeah straight up yeah. yeah it was yeah so like a lot of ridicule and like that kind of sense mm -hmm. i'm like but I was just like, no, this is like what I think is cool. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, this is what the people who I think are cool are doing. Right. Yeah, that's a very and, similar, you know, I, I know that I'm a few years older than you, but I think yeah. that was a very similar track record for me where it's like there was maybe one or two kids <laughs> that like we all like the same music generally speaking like maybe one yeah. kid was a little bit more into like the children of bodums or like totally the really crazy exactly. stuff and then i'm like yeah of, we're kind of in between yeah and i remember we would get together for weekend after weekend and we would like jam and i had this like just deep desire of like actually like playing music and like because i would watch yeah. you know the day to remember dvds the parkway drive the, dvds the, yeah the day to remember for those who have heart dvd yes um, i watched it every single night as i fell asleep for like a year i swear <laughs> to god like all i wanted to do when i was 12 and 13 was like hop in a van and do the thing and like right. very blessed that i've gotten to do that now as you know as totally. an adult, but but like, I think even there are other people that could watch those same documentaries and it just doesn't resonate with them. They're like, yeah, it they just like doesn't the, make them feel that thing. Yeah. They, yeah. they might like the music and they're like, yeah, that's cool. But it's like totally. when push comes to shove, it's like, well, I don't know. And then it becomes like, it felt like I was always against, like, I, I just never had the right people around. And I think. Yeah. When you're at that age, you just need to like find that one band to get your in because even if that band breaks up, there's always like, well, you made new connections with all these new people exactly. that you played shows with, and then they ask you to join your band, and then it just like it's game yep. over at that point. Just blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so like yeah, where I grew up, there's like nothing. Um 
there's a couple of people, like I said, my one friend who showed me that gave me her stack of CDs, um, mm. like she got it a hundred percent. And there was like a couple of people we knew, but she was like four years older. Than me. So right. like anybody my age for sure, like wasn't about it. And like, so I didn't really know many people that were into that. And then went to Sunshine that first year, saw a band from North Dakota, um, a name drop here called If I Ran the Zoo. Um, I've heard that band before. Uh, they became a band called Glass Houses. Okay. Which is like, they're still a band, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> that was like the first local band I had ever seen. Mm. I mean, those were like the first, I had seen like live music with my parents, but I had not seen like metalcore bands until that like week. Right. I saw that band and then ended up like meeting them and like still like it was the coolest thing ever. And like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like I've done all of that at this point. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they were just like some dudes, right? you know, and like I'm friends with like a lot of them still to this day which is super cool. And yeah. that's another thing to touch on is like some of these friendships, like through this kind of thing and like lifelong. I, awesome. Yes. Um, if, if I can quickly, like, I think Absolutely. that's something that anyone in their, you know, when hardcore becomes just like something you live and breathe and it's no longer yeah. like this thing. that's like, Oh, I can't wait. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm going to the show this weekend. Like, I'm not yeah. going with anyone specifically. I'm just going to the show because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to this fest or or my band is doing this. Like hardcore does become mundane to a degree because it's just like, oh, it's just a part of who I am. But then totally. you kind of forget that there are those kids who are like 17, 18, 19, uh, 20, yeah. where it's their first show experience. And it's yeah. like them talking to you for five minutes about whatever. And they like listen to your band or maybe like yeah. listen to your podcast. They think it's like the coolest thing ever. They think it's the coolest thing ever. So it's like some, that's something that I always remind myself of like giving people the time of day uh, versus trying to like shrug people off or like, Oh, that, that kid was yeah, kind of weird. But it's like, we all were like that ultra yeah. weird kid at the local show. hundred percent. I was the kid asking the local bands for signatures on the t-shirt. I just bought. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And right. like, totally. So like, yeah, I just like, I, I saw that band. They were like, oh, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I'm from this little town called Foley, Minnesota. And they're like, where's that? I'm like, oh, it's right by St. Cloud, Minnesota. And they're like, oh, we're playing not too far from there in a couple months or in a month or whatever. And like, I was like, oh, like we were like, no way. It's so cool. Like, and we ended up finding the event page, ended up going. And I was at this tiny little little venue uh, called the Choir House. It was basically it was in Malacca, Minnesota. It was basically like a trailer, like a like a double wide mobile home trailer that was hollowed out, and it was like a venue on just like on this old lady's property. A buddy of mine ran it. Uh, at this point, not a buddy, but now many years later, obviously, right. a buddy of mine like he ran it. And, like I remember so vividly pulling up and like didn't know a single person it was like me and my one friend uh we pulled up didn't know a single person we just like wanted to see this band Mm -hmm. and i remember sitting outside and like seeing a bunch of dudes pull up in a van and like hop out and pull out skateboards 
and all their gear and stuff is in the back. And I like, pull out skateboards and just like started skating. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Mm. I want to travel. I want to play music. I want to skateboard <laughs> like, <laughs> with my friends. Like, I just, I don't know. Like that specific memory is so vivid. And like that, I remember I, I was, I think I was 13. I was like, I want to tour. Mm. I want to play in bands and tour. But like, obviously when you're 13 years old, you can't do that. <laughs> But that was kind of when I really decided it was like, I, I want to take this seriously. I like really want to get good at this. I want to play in bands and I want to work my way up to being in a place where I can tour. Got you. And it was, I mean, it was pivotal, a hundred percent pivotal. Like I had never experienced, you know, I, I met that day. I met people that I'm still friends with today. Just like, and it's crazy. It was 13 years ago, you know? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're painting. So, your your storytelling capabilities is, is, is so crystal clear, and it, it's really really cool to hear how it's like, those skateboards. I'm telling you, yeah. They well, really, it's those skateboards out, and I'm like, I want to do that. Well, really, it it it's goes so down cool. to you going to that fest and then seeing a local band and them giving you five or ten minutes to like learn a like to give a shit yeah. about who you are, and then be like, oh yeah, there's a show happening, and then well, clearly, yeah. like clearly, you know, the serendipity of that is like so huge because it could have yeah. just easily been like oh yeah thanks for coming or or thanks. you know whatever and then just yeah. moving on but no nah, but they like took the time and like totally and like i don't know i i've always tried to do this and i'm so guilty of especially like i don't know i've been playing shows for a long time and i'm like not any longer than anyone else realistically that's my age that has been doing it. It's like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I've been doing it forever, but a long time. And I'm definitely, definitely like, sometimes I play a show and I'm like, the last thing I want to do is be at a show. Mm. And like, you know, there's another topic to touch on is like getting burnt out on hardcore. Like, cause I think that's okay sometimes. And I've definitely been there recently a little bit, mm. but you know, not, taking the time to be present and be a hundred percent there. You know, it's just like, I'm very, I'm definitely guilty of doing Yeah. Showing up, playing the show, being like, okay, well, I, I want to go home. Like, yeah. sorry. Or like, like, I'll only talk to the, the homies that the I know. Homies. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Even if you're hanging. Yeah. The, the, like, I'm like to give you some credit, Everybody listening to this podcast and the person speaking into this microphone specifically have <laughs> all done that. They've all like done a show <laughs> just to kind of like do it just and to maybe not it. think a little more big picture of like, oh, yeah. like who's that person that I've never seen at the show before standing by themselves? Yeah. Maybe I should go say hi. Absolutely. To or like Absolutely. Who this, who's this kid who's like busting out all these moves that I've never seen before? Totally. Literally. Um, like – it yeah. goes like it goes way it's longer tough. than it's you tough. realize because in the moment it's like you know, like was that a awkward conversation? Like you you start to play the mind games, but yeah. then it's it's moments like this where like people are coming on the podcast like no this conversation or this person or this <laughs> show or yeah. this fest like is the reason that I'm here today. So like totally. I I think being able to, you know, it, it's been a pleasure of mine to be able to like meet certain people as this podcast levels up and then I can like 
properly give my roses back to those people be like absolutely thanks for doing this band because like we wouldn't be sitting here on the zoom call to to talk about it um yeah let's kind of shift gears a little bit so you totally. know, you, we've laid so much of the groundwork when did like <laughs> yeah. actual like playing in bands on like a serious level um, yeah start to actually make its way um and was so, war prayer one of those first ones or were, were there ones before that even? no there was there was a few prior um Roar Prayer was like the first band that really actually got any sort of traction. Um, and I, I, we did, I don't even think that we had that much traction, but like there was a minute where like we were doing some cool shit. I mean, we played Canada a few times, a couple of times. And like for us, like that was insane. That was huge. Uh, we made it from to both coasts, like from being a band from the Midwest um, that's another thing, like being a band from the Midwest, the actual Midwest, right? Not the Southeast Midwest. I love all of you, LDB people. <laughs> not part of the Midwest. I'm saying it. Kentucky is not the Midwest. Oh, but we're from the dead ass center of the country. You know what I mean? So it's like these opinions you know, are like Alex's I don't. I'm not Alex's like. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm like like you know what i mean it's like those states are so much closer to the east coast florida chicago mm. there's so much more in those areas than we have up here yes bands like when they're making routing tours they hardly even look at minneapolis because it's got to go all the way up and then all the way back down yeah there's nothing near us so being a band from minnesota the midwest is really fucking hard mm. and you have to work 10 times as hard as anybody else does right and it's like that's why like i mean it's so rare that and this is definitely like not a like a wet situation it's just like that's how that's how it's always been i mean yeah. like even like bands that were huge like huge like vania you know what i mean they were never even that big right it's just like I can't think of a band that's been as big as that since then from here. Yeah. Like, like, or, like, like even like, on honestly, the other, genuinely. Yeah. Like, like even a band like disembodied is yeah, to some huge, 20 years ago. but is still like, not that was as the one huge. before Vania. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like, it's just really, really hard. And like, so like I'm born, raised central Minnesota. Like I've lived in Minnesota my whole life. And like all of my bands have been based here. And it's just like, it's just really hard to like, I don't know. Something for us that's always like weird is like, you can live in, you know, certain parts of the country, get big tours all the time that have locals. And it's really, you know, really clutch to be like, oh, like these bands are coming through uh, local on it. There's already all these people there. You know, it's like, it's, super easy to build up that way. Whereas like from us, it's like, we don't really have that. Right. When we get big shows, it's, and I love these. This is like, I mean, like the Acacia strain when they did their like two day in each city tour, I went to both days. Like, I love that shit. I yeah. do. But it's like, those are some of the last cool shows we've had here. And that was almost seven months ago. Like, yeah. Right. So it's like that kind of, and the, no locals get to play those shows. Right. 
when Knox Loose plays, locals don't get to play, you know, and like, and then we don't get some of those like mid range, higher upper mid range touring hardcore bands. Like, right. it's very rare that they come through. Yeah, uh, and like and- we just had Rob Brigade, and that was awesome. I wasn't able to go, unfortunately, but like every once in a while we get some really dope shit. But like, we have to like work so much harder to get outside of our little bubble that is here that mm-hmm. we can't control that is a bubble because it's just the way touring routing works. And I get it. I yeah. totally get it. I think um, I get it. I think but, something that I have really applied to my personal life, but I think also applies to hardcore in general is like, you don't choose the cards that are dealt to you, but you get to choose how yeah. you play with them. So like, exactly. You know, exactly. If you live in like Oklahoma or Saskatchewan or like a yeah. random thing, yeah, it's not gonna be like the most bumping no. compared to it's not living New York in LA or, or LA or exactly. Florida or exactly. You know, but you know, even even going back like a few years ago, like before all the bands from the Bay that were really popping, it was only people were only talking about Southern California. No one was giving a fuck about Northern California. And all oh. it takes, I think is like a couple like really awesome bands to like, really like break out and like a ton of people kind of rush to it. And then it like, it yeah. takes the community to actually build it up. And like, you know, I haven't been to Minneapolis m- many times, but when I went to snow and flurry, like I met so many, like just like amazing people that like love this shit. And like, absolutely would like mosh every single band, like yeah. the locals that were playing that festival that year were just like blowing me away. Um, so it's like, I think like just Minnesota as a whole state wise is like, and you know, true Midwest, if we want to call it that, <laughs> I, know, like, I feel so bad I didn't <laughs> to call shots like that. Yeah. Yeah. Please direct all DMS to Alex, not to me. <laughs> no, stop. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's all, no. you know, we, we love it's all, all love. It, like, anyone who identifies as being grinding, Midwest. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but yeah, like I, I do think that you appreciate more of what actually comes your way because Western Canada oh. is very much the same way where a lot of people when totally. they come to North American or Canadian routing, they'll just go to Toronto and back or just go up to yep. Vancouver and back. Yep. No one's going to like go all the way through the prairies and, and do the whole thing. That's exact. Same thing with Minneapolis. Yeah. People come, you know, people within the scene complain about it all the time. Everybody complains about it. It's mm-hmm. so hard to get cool bands here. And yeah. like, it's a bummer, but I get it. I also get it as someone who has toured a good amount. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I think it's like it's understanding it. For... And is there any way as far as like cool bands doing a local fest? Like what are the ways that yeah. we can actually like have people come here from bigger scenes have a good experience yeah. and then go back to, you know, tell their friends about it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to reference a very early podcast uh, with a, a good friend of mine from Calgary here. Uh, his name is Evan McIsaac. He grew up in Montreal or sorry. Yeah. He, he was, he grew up on, on the East coast, but then lived in Ottawa for a very long time. Okay. And it was like him and his group of friends 
were so dedicated when any tour would go Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, that they were like, we are going to beat the absolute ever-living shit out of each other and like show these bands a great time, buy all of their merch. Like, We don't have to love these bands, but we're going to just over yeah. overdo it. So Absolutely. these Oversell bands are like, yo, the Ottawa date was like actually better than Toronto. Like we need to totally. go back there and we need yeah. to tell our friends to go back there. So, yeah. you know, it like it in all of this effort that we're talking about isn't just off of one show or one festival no. year. Like it's a multi year yeah. long totally. ad- adventure and journey yeah. to like actually like build a strong and sustainable scene. Absolutely. And that's something that we've all worked on here for a long time. Uh, even like, I, I don't know. I've been a little more distant from the hardcore scene lately, just for personal reasons. I've just been busy with career things, mm. but um, that being said, I've been doing it for almost a decade. Like, um, so like, it's always been a thing we've been trying to do here is like when we do get to have cool bands come through, we try our best to, you know, mosh hard and buy merch and show them that like, and make connections and say, Hey, next time you're in town, hit up this guy. Cause he'll show you, throw you a real show instead of the guy you went through that booked you a bunk show or like, <laughs> or just, you know, or, Hey, come stay with me. And like, make, you know, like that kind of, and like, yeah, it's, it's tough, but it's like bands do remember that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Like I just, I briefly just mentioned we had um, Rob Brigade here, I believe last week, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to go, but the show looked absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it looked I did see stories. I was like, so sick. Yeah, that like, that shows like that, people remember. And, you know, they, post those pictures and was like people go look maybe minneapolis isn't that bad maybe minneapolis is worth driving from chicago to minneapolis than to des moines or denver it's like that is geographically it sucks because it physically doesn't make much sense Mm. for most routing and that's where we get swamped but if it's worth it it's worth it and we do our best to try to make sure that bands feel like it's worth it. yeah so yeah and you know like this this conversation is something we get on for for hours and hours because there's always the yeah. thing where it's like well if bands aren't playing these like random little like you know towns throughout western canada and it's like the one hardcore show that they've had in like three years maybe it will be sick maybe there yeah. like will be the most amount of merch that we've ever sold you know like there's yeah, all those totally. kind of things at play but i think you know i think one of my favorite quotes that's been said on this podcast is from jem from speed and he was like hardcore is something that you have to fight for and i think when you yeah. come up in an underdog scene yeah. that isn't doesn't have decades upon decades of history of, of like totally you know, legendary bands like from new york or, or from los angeles like exactly you really need to like like you are the early years like you are the early years of like you exactly. know building things up so it's like minneapolis western canada wherever you live is like the next great scene that people are talking about in 2025 2020 you know totally. six whatever it is um 
you brought up your career stuff, and I feel like being an hour into this podcast, I feel like it's time to talk about yeah. Bev's and brewing. <laughs> it's Bev time. It's Let's Bev go. time. It's Bev time. All right, wait. All right, I got one more Bev. I got one more Bev. Oh, damn. You're on Bev 3. Cape Cod. Uh, I've been awake since uh, very early this morning. It was a very long day. <laughs> I feel that. We got a dry hop pilsner from Treehouse Brewing, another one of the best in the country. Very lucky to have this in my possession. <laughs> Saved it for this. So let's start from the beginning when it comes to all, you know, like a lot of people. Because for sure crossover with like, I'm so sorry, that was so loud. No, <laughs> all the rip to all the headphone users i'm just kidding it's pretty it's, it's pretty tolerable um so yeah like when did the original idea of just like beverage culture happen for you because for me it's it's funny that growing up i was such like a water like milk and juice kid and like yeah. never drank soda or like and coffee even took a little while to get into into the picture for me but i think once the idea for me of having cool sparkling waters and just different little things and having the cool yeah. can in my hand yep. to associate it, that's when it was game over for me. But what was the story for you when it came to all this? Um, it was kind of kind of similar, like that, like being like, oh, well, like it's, it's like a cool can, like this is a cool sparkling water, or a cool juice, or whatever. Um, it really, really took when I started touring. Um, I remember just like, I could probably scroll back to 2016, 2015 and prior. And there's like pictures of me, like they're like pictures of my hand with a bev in my hand in the van, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like whether it was, you know, an Arizona tea or a shack soda or you know, like, anything mm -hmm. and like uh, a lot of it had to do with labels on said bevs and just like i don't know like i grew up a very picky eater but i will try anything in a beverage and i don't know why that is yeah it is a little interesting I, i'm de i like, don't want to chew this but as far as whatever this tastes it's all going down the same way that's yeah. interesting yeah, I don't know. I think it's a texture. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. So I, I always have been a big Bev guy. Always have three different Bev. Uh, a sparkling water, a regular water, uh, caffeinated beverage, and at the time being a beer, you mm -hmm. know, like. But yeah, it just like always been a Bev guy. Um, I got into beer like super heavy, super heavy over like OG initial quarantine. Um, there's a big, as you know, I know there's like beer, Instagram and beer are like best friends. <laughs> so like I got into it kind of through that, just like these crazy fruited sours and stuff from just like, through Instagram and just like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like this community. It's almost a community. Well, yeah, it, it very much is. Just like, 
and like so i got into it through that mostly it was like um as far as like making it a career as in the brewing industry was like through instagram for mm-hmm. sure and like i'd already been very into bevs and like I'd see a Bev I had never seen in a gas station in a different state on tour. I was grabbing it. I'm trying it to get a picture of it. Right. And like, it was kind of stuff like that. And then I started to realize that like, Oh, like these brewers are putting, they're brewing a sour beer and putting six different fruits in it. And like, it's like, Oh, I want to try that. That sounds really good. <laughs> and like, so I definitely got into it like through that. And like, the can art and the promotional pictures and just like, and then I was like, Oh, well, like I was ordering beer. Like there's an app called Tevor. I'm pretty sure it's just a States thing, but yeah. Is that just for ordering like alcohol? Just for, it's for specifically craft beer. Oh, okay. It's called Tevor. Tevor. Oh, T-A-V-O-U-R. Okay. It's like an app. And you like, I mean, you can get like beers from some of the best breweries in the country. Oh my God. My phone's vibrating. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're all good. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so bad. I just moved not that long ago. My computer's not set up yet. It's a whole thing. Dude, it's, it's all good. Thing. You're killing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like always been a Bev guy. Um, Tevoir. Even like growing up, Bev guy. Tevor, I found this app like over quarantine and I was able to get beers from just like all across the country, uh, sometimes outside of the country, like every once in a while there's stuff from like Belgium and that kind of thing on there. And you like just like order singles of stuff. Oh, okay. So I was, I spent, you're not I, I was committed to like a four pack or a six pack or anything. Exactly. Mm. Even though the single might be $9, I only have to buy one. Right. And I was getting like a good amount of money for unemployment. I was working at the airport, um, got laid off, was at home all summer uh, on unemployment with like all the, the extra benefits. So like I had a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of that on like trying different beers and really just kind of like expanded my palate and realized that like, oh, like. I'm drinking all these beers that are just like sour beers coated in fruit, which are awesome. But I also started to like, um, well, I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to think of, like expand my palate and like try beers that were, you know, hoppy and like Pilsners and all that kind of stuff. And right. I just really kind of like found a passion for the craft of beer. Mm-hmm. And just kind of realized that that was something that I wanted to do. And um, I know you remember like Rot ended up doing a collab or two with the brewery I used to work for. Um, because a friend of mine was brewing there that I had known through hardcore music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, there's a huge hardcore metal to brewer crossover oh which is crazy i i meet more people every single day that are like 
you know, yeah, I love this band or that band. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like I've been drinking your beer for years. Like, <laughs> I would that this brewery, uh, Lua, they had, uh, me and Jake the other day at rot practice shared a beer that was called boom slang. It's a Kublai Khan song. Damn. Uh, oh, and uh, like a recent, so they're like, you know, uh-huh. listening to the, the new shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Shouts out Lua. Shouts out Zach. Uh, they had Shouts a beer called Boomslang. Straight Up. Shouts out Kublai Khan. <laughs> they had a beer called, it was a collab with like the brother brewery of my brewery. Um, it was called Guided by the Moon. Knocked Loose. A little Knock Loose reference. Interesting. Knock Loose Bev. They had a Knock Loose. If you're listening, don't copyright strike them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. Isaac, please. Isaac, yeah. Please. <laughs> um, and then it's all for the they love had a beer game. called Kingmaker. And I was like, another. I don't know if you remember the band Kingmaker at all. Oh, Kingmaker. I thought you said Kegmaker. Yeah. And I was no. like, well, that is what a brewer that does. That makes sense. But- Kingmaker, yeah, yeah, okay. Kingmaker. I feel so like, like there's the top five professions of what hardcore people are most likely to do. Um, <laughs> brewers is maybe one of those. I feel like oh, yeah. doing that, yeah. working, being a barber is up yep, there. Yeah, I was going to say barber. Tattoo artist. Barista. Barista. And then I would say insurance. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. That's four solid ones. Four solid ones. But like, I just didn't want to say something um, like vegan restaurant or whatever, because that's partially true. But I don't know. Cook I don't though, think, like cook is probably yeah. Food there. world, like anything in the food world. But shout but out like, to all the um, hardcore insurance brokers out there. Straight we up, see you. We see you. We thank you. We th- <laughs> um so a weird oh no, just quick you know just a quick note um the lead brewer at my brewery was taught to brew essentially mostly taught by the current bass player of cu space cowboy oh which is someone i don't know personally mm-hmm. not a name drop i do not know this person but i walked in one day and like he was playing cu space cowboy and i was like yo is this? And he was like, "Yeah, dude. Uh, the guy that plays bass for them taught me how to brew." And I'm just like, "What the fuck?" You know, like it's such a small world. Yeah, uh, I was just in uh, in Toronto shooting a fest, and I filmed this band that was from Oakland, California. So I was like, "Oh, do you know yeah. Timeless Coffee?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah our w- like our drummer's roommate or like some kind of weird connection like works there." So like yeah. timeless for those that don't know is like a really awesome uh, all vegan uh, coffee roastery and bake and bakery. So, but you know Joseph from Tsunami works there. Uh, one of the dudes from okay. Spy works there. Totally. Um, just so many hardcore connections. Um, yeah. To that spot specifically, and That's awesome. um, yeah. So, That's so it, it, it's that whole thing where it's like you could walk in and then like. There's there's stories of just like Ian Mackay like just walking in to be like I'm gonna yeah. get some coffee it was just like random shit that's like crazy. that that's crazy that's so sick yeah, yeah. like so yeah. um, it's just it's dope so all these col- 
you know, you do these collabs. The collabs were essentially the, you know, the nail that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So, you know, in a way. Um, my roommate at the time, which is Jake Watson, bass player of Rot, uh, guitar player, Well God Sleeps, best friend, bass player, roommate. Uh, roommate no longer, but the other two things still hold up. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> uh, he ended that. up. Like we both worked at the airport together. We got hired back after COVID. We were both huge beer nerds at this time. And um, he ended up messaging my homie, Chris, who was working at the brewery that we collabed with disgruntled. And it was just like, yo, is the brewery hiring? I pre- you probably get this all the time. Is the brewery hiring? And he was like, actually, I never get that. And yes, we need, uh, yeah. And Actually, we need a sales rep and for, yes. Yeah, and yeah, we are. We need a sales rep for your area, the Twin Cities area. The brewery is based like up north, so it's like three hours away. And so essentially he ended up getting the job, um, ended up it was part-time. He ended up switching to full-time. He quit the airport, was full-time doing sales for the brewery, which is awesome. Basically pitched hey do you want to collab with my band? And the head brewer was just like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. Mm. Let's do it. Right. So they came up with an idea. Uh, we ended up, all of us ended up going up and like essentially brewing the beer with them that day. Um, and just like being in that environment and like, seeing it all and like helping and like really solidified. I was like, yeah, yo, this is like really, really cool. This is something I really actually am interested in. I want to learn. I want to do this. I want to figure out how to do this. Right. And. So what, you like, know, at what point was, was it where like, you're like, you know, doing the like yeah, that whole thing and you're real. like, yeah, yep. This is like, my yep. shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Straight up. Mm. Exactly. And. I was like, this is awesome. This is so cool. Like I've been working a job that I didn't love, but I didn't hate. Came back after COVID. It was so much worse. Hated it. So <laughs> not so. Airport after COVID sucked. Airport was, right now, summer of 2022 is god awful. Still bad. Yes. Yep. Ex- especially going through a, a huge airport chill. like uh like Pearson. Like yeah. I or specifically huge. I specifically did not check a bag because I just expected it to get lost. So yep. just had the heaviest backpack ever, but yeah. I'm you know, I have all my shit. But it's cool. Yeah, you got all your shit. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. So but basically I was just like into this whole scene, this whole thing, like and uh, just needed a change. I ended up talking to the head brewer of that brewery on snapchat one day just like the most <laughs> casual i always tell that it's very that casual story, like, on snapchat because it was so casual mm. it was just like i was i literally dropped i was like yo i'd love to learn how to brew someday and he was like yo really and i was like yeah like i think it'd be really cool like that'd be that's something i would like to pursue mm. and he was like if you're willing to make the trip from minneapolis to here I will teach you how to brew. I'll give you a job right now on the spot. Like, and like three hours later, he was like, I just talked to my owner. She said, it's cool. If you're serious about this, 
the job is yours. I'll see you Monday morning. And I was just like, fuck it. I guess I'm driving three hours to work on Monday morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like in over my head, 100%. Uh, but yeah, it was like driving up three hours Monday morning, staying Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, driving home Wednesday night. Mm. Just because I wanted to learn how to brew that bad. Right. And I do not regret that for a second. Right. I, f- I feel like that decision-making is a very similar thing for people doing what we do musically, where it's like, absolutely. do you, you don't have to much time to figure it and out? And drive 11 uh-huh. hours to play one show, it's with this band. And yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Yep, fuck um, it, let's do it. Are we and- getting paid? I don't know, I don't care. We're on our way already. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. Um, just like if you want it go and fucking take it totally and like, and, and, and like chase those mindset I, I i'm a firm believer in like chasing curiosities like absolutely there's always gonna be times where you're like oh like there's a leap that i need to take with whether it's like a professional thing or with a band or yeah. a, a relationship whatever it is but i feel like 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 you will never know like there Something that was always expressed to me, it's like, even if you say yes to something and you do it and it like sucks, you could always just like bounce and then just go yeah. back to where you're doing before or find another thing. Like yeah. life is kind of about just swinging through the vines of life and just grabbing exactly. whatever's there. And that vine for you was like, I see that and I got to fucking yeah. swing all the way here and I can't really... Exactly. You can go back, like, you know, using this analogy, but like, if you don't chase that, then you'll never know. And, uh, and you were like, yeah. I'm driving three hours on Monday. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. It, it affected a lot of my life, um, positively and negatively, honestly. But it, like, like where I'm at now, I don't regret it for a second. I would not be here if I hadn't taken that step. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I quit my job to work part-time i quit my like solid union well-paying job well uh, well all right i won't go that far yeah but decently job stable job yeah, for yeah. sure 100 percent stable income to go work at a brewery because i was so sick of the mundane and i was just like i want to do something i'm passionate about and Things went down with that brewery that were weird, but like the love. And then I I ended up where I'm at now, which is where I feel is a very, very prestigious spot. And I get to do a lot of cool stuff. And I'm guessing you don't need to drive three hours to get to that spot, which is obviously 12 minutes. 12 minutes <laughs> yeah, is way better. 12 minutes. It's in St. Paul. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three hours, three hours in like short stints, as far as like, you know, if you're doing it for a few months is probably doable. It's almost the same where I talk about and I can say this as someone that did long distance dating for a long time is like long distance dating is something you can do, but it's not something you should try to do forever. Totally. Because it's not set up that way. So it's like a three hour commute to work is somewhat doable, but figuring out something and it and to me, it sounds like without taking that leap to like get things started 
for that, you wouldn't be able to do to be where you're at now. Being no, absolutely not. I would not be where I'm at right now if I had not taken that. It, I remember talking on the parents, talking on the parents with my phone, <laughs> talking on the phone with my parents about like taking that step and just being like, it's a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, well, it's not really a leap of faith if it's like, you know, if it's something you're really passionate about, it sounds like it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're just throwing your cards to the wind, you know, it's like, I was like, well, <laughs> it's three hours away. <laughs> it's like, it was really tough though. And like as much touring and traveling as I had done could not prepare me for just being gone consistently three days a week for almost a year. Right. And it was like, I, I'm away from my girlfriend, my dog, uh, my friends. Like I get off work and I can't go hang out with my friends. and just kind of like stuck in this tiny town in up North Minnesota. And like, it was tough. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. And like there were shows, there'd be shows going on. And I'm like, if I worked any other job, I'd be getting off work right now. And I could go to the show. Right. But I'm three hours away. I have to work at 5 a.m. the next morning. It was a lot, mm-hmm. but I got a lot of information, uh, an insane amount of connections. And it really allowed me to get the experience I needed to get to where I'm today, which is somewhere I'm very proud of. And I hold very highly, highly, I don't know. What am I trying to say? I'm you don't take that honor. I'm honored. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. honored to have the position that I have at this mm-hmm. specific spot. Um, and if it weren't for those things, I wouldn't be. Here. I think like something that I just want to add in is like, I think a lot of people and I, and I get into this weird, like not imposter syndrome is not the right word, but this whole like mindset of like, you know, once you do hardcore and it becomes so normalized and it's just a part of our everyday culture that doesn't mean that like taking a year off or like maybe shifting focuses where you're doing a little bit more like career stuff or like you know like hey i just had a kid like that's becoming a new thing yeah like life goes on and hardcore goes on as well and sometimes those things have perfect marriage between one another and sometimes they totally clash so you know i i'm so sweaty <laughs> dude you're an absolute trip, a trooper for for doing this whole po- oh, podcast dude it's kind of a vibe we're chilling it's like the more great. that people watch this the more like into it oh, that yeah. you clearly are um dude, it's awesome <laughs> but yeah absolutely like it's it's just something I really like made a point like, cause I was thinking today, I'm like, well, like, what do I want to touch on? It's like the amount my life has changed since the first time we tried to schedule this to now is just like huge. It's insane. Mm. And like something I really want to touch on is like, I have taken a bit of a step back from hardcore recently. And like, I'm still playing shows. Rot is still very active. Like we're still doing stuff. Still recording music, still playing shows, still planning tours, all of it. But I've had to take a little bit of a step back and be like, okay, well, I have a career that I really care about, a career that I want to do for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm at a place that I'm not willing to 
jeopardize leaving for the first time in my life. I'm not working a job where I'm like, oh, I can't tour <laughs> later. <laughs> like for the first time in my entire life. Right. I'm like, if they're like, no, you can't go on this tour. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Can I do part of it? <laughs> you know, like, but I, I just like, it's been a battle. It's been really hard to come to that, like to come to terms with that. Right. And like, it's something that hardcore has been and even not even just hardcore, like playing music, touring, but very specifically for me, at least hardcore has been such a big part of my life. And it's such a big part of who I am. And like, I don't have any less passion for that, but I've needed to take some time and like, Put, I've had to shift focus elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Doing brewing, doing brewing <laughs> is it's a lot of numbers and knowledge and information and stuff. And it's like really hard to, it's a lot. So, like, I've really just had to kind of step back and be like, okay, I need to like put my focus here for now mm-hmm. and like get my feet grounded in this realm. And maybe only play in one band as opposed to five. <laughs> like, you know, it's like as much as I've enjoyed every second of all of that, and I'm so thankful for all of it. It's just like I'm at a point where it's like, well, all right, well, maybe taking a step back is not the worst thing. I'm like, yeah, I think that's okay. And, and maybe if I could, uh, encourage you i don't think it's a a step back i just think it's a sidestep i think it's just like instead of like oh now i'm going back and like we're not going all the way back to the fucking attack attack music video (laughs) yeah that's a that's a true step back but like it's just it's like there are things where yeah it's like i think i've felt a similar thing i think especially in the last year i felt pulled intensely in three separate directions and a lot of that was like scoped exposure end game getting kind of the traction that we're getting as well as i had a really high demanding career job and i felt like how do i manage all this while still being a person that has dogs and a partner and responsibilities and all these things and i and i had like very long conversations with a lot of different people about like you know, because I find identity in all these different aspects. But I think something that I had to really come to terms with is like, I don't have more than 100% energy in the day. I only have 100% and I have to choose yeah. where that is going. So like, yeah. I've been making constant efforts where like, you know, things with my job kind of like didn't pan out. So that's kind of like, outside but like as far as what i do professionally that still is important to me and what it it matters a lot um like things with how i look uh at scoped like i used to be like so avidly just trying to like travel and like film as many like out of canada fests that i could and i honestly think that after um you know we're doing scope five year and then hold your ground fest. And then after that, I'm kind of going to leave it in, in case someone approaches me with an opportunity versus me trying to chase after it and like kind uh-huh. of focus more on like 
the podcast and like some of those things because that's something that's Absolutely. a little bit easier i can just do from here i don't have to like pull so much out of my energy to be able to do Absolutely. that and then the rest of like the the bulk of that like free time energy is just going into my band that is clearly doing things so i think Absolutely. it's totally normal to be able to like take a pause and realize oh Absolutely. shit like th i'm getting a little over my um you know over the the handlebars here like Absolutely. i need to reassess a couple <laughs> things and yeah, yeah like you as a person i've always known you to be in like five bands just like playing yeah. ridiculously and now yeah. it seems like you know you're playing in like one maybe two bands yeah. um you know doing a having a semi-active you know like absolutely you know rot's still doing stuff but it's not like we're trying to be we're not touring six months a year yes mm -hmm. and that's like i did been there done that it was great i've loved that but i've like back then i had no idea that i was gonna end up in a career that i enjoy or you know it's like right so it's just like it's been a weird kind of as i mentioned like coming to terms with like it, it was definitely a big internal battle with like being like well like if i like sidestep as you said not not necessarily step back but like sidestep and like say okay like hey the end goal is always the same but like i need to like sidestep focus on this thing right now because that's what's important right now it's like ideally hardcore is always going to be there that's like the kind of the whole thing is like we're all collectively trying to make this thing that is forever going to exist. Mm -hmm. If I take two years to focus a little less on hardcore and a little more on my career, things are going to change in hardcore, but it's still going to be there and it's still going to be just as fun for me when I'm able to fully commit again, if yeah. I so decide to. I like, I have zero intentions on ever fully stepping out i always like joke with my girlfriend i'm like i'm gonna be 60 years old and still playing two steps like, <laughs> I, don't, like I don't care but it might just it just might not be at that point it might be weekend. once a year yeah not every single exactly yeah, yeah. i'm like but shit could change and you know rock could get the craziest tour offer ever and maybe that tour is more important than my job you know mm. and that's kind of like a weird thing and like i don't know i know you kind of you probably saw like i did that tour with um in march with 93 mm -hmm. yeah and it was like this crazy offer like i was at that point i was ready to quit my job i was like if they say i can't go on this tour i'm quitting my job i don't care that ended up being one of the best and worst experiences of my life like <laughs> we got all our shit stolen <laughs> but it's a risk anybody takes anytime they set foot in a van and go on the road mm -hmm. um so like it it's all just a, a day by day opportunities come as they do it's i i just try to focus on what feels like in my gut is the most important at the time yeah, and and I think and, like working, it's very, it's very rare, unfortunately, for people to actually work for like an awesome employer that understands what they totally. are passionate about outside of their work. So whether that's yes. brewing, 
beer or you know we were talking about that the hardcore insurance folk like those (laughs) i'm sure there's some insurance brokers that are like oh you're going on tour yeah have fun that's so dope like that's probably like one or two within the world but i think that there are like (laughs) yeah i feel like when i was first getting into this whole thing it was just the classic thing like quit your job and go on tour and i think that there are certain you know that's a lot of people listening to this podcast have been in those situations where it's like, well, Absolutely. I, well, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But totally. I think, you know, as you know, as I'm, you know, getting into my thirties now, like now thinking about like being, having a job set up or working for an employer that gets what I do and like is going to create and actually like stand by their word when you know, push comes to shove. Um, to be able to do that, I think is, uh, it's hard to find, but once you find it, you just want to hold on to it. And it sounds like, you Absolutely. know, at, at least where you're at now, it's like, they're aware of it and they understand Absolutely. it. And when those opportunities come, you know, there's discussions and compromises that can, that can be made. Um, it's very, yeah, it's very, very like, I, like my boss right now is like, told me he's like as long as we know do your thing like as long as we know with enough with a with enough advance mm. like you're all good to go but like also i've had to tell my bandmates like hey uh i can't practice this week because i've got this going on for work it's really important that i'm there it's really important to me that i'm there mm. making you know whether it's working or whether it's like an event that i'm like i have to go i have to make connections mm-hmm. And like connections that could further my career. And like shout out to all my bandmates for being <laughs> shout more out than understanding. I know. Shout out to Rot, Well God Sleeps, and Swingwell. They've all been very understanding of that. Mm-hmm. But it's also like I didn't, you know, nobody knows when they're gonna like find their niche. And I really found like I found my niche recently. Yeah. So like it's just something I really I'm not willing to risk to play another hardcore show. <laughs> and that's where it bounces back to, you know, if the offer is right, of course, but it's like, at some point I've played a thousand hardcore shows. Like there's plenty of young bands in the scene. Like mm-hmm. ask one of the young bands to play the hardcore show. Right. If I'm not working, I'm a show up. I'm a hangout, but it's, all it's all balance, uh, balance right you know what i mean it's like but it's also it's, it's just tough. like yeah and it's, it's tough it's like, so tough like shit changes i even feel and, bad like saying that no but i don't think there's anything bad with being like hey maybe we're not the local band that has to play this show yeah you know oh, i think we're that we're all old enough and you know like we'll try it's not that we're trying to say no to that but like as someone else um Absolutely. A couple other Bev related questions because Let's you're go. an expert. <laughs> what is the biggest misconception to you on craft beer? What do the you want whole... to dispel? All right. All right. A Miller High Life is good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, us as brewers, we drink a lot of domestic beer because we drink shit like this 
all fucking day long. Right. And it's great. And we love it. Sometimes I just want to fucking Coors Light. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, right. I, I really, uh, I like Miller Light a lot. Uh, common misconception is that beer nerds don't like domestic beer. That is not true. Mm-hmm. True beer nerds get it. It's a different realm and it's good. Certain ones are good. Uh, the whole IPA thing, how like, like the, I mean, everybody's seen the memes about people who like IPAs. Yeah. I'll admit they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give kudos IPAs. to the memes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. But it's also like one of the most highly regarded beer styles of all time. Like, right. You know, so it's like crafting a good IPA takes a lot of time and effort and knowledge of what ingredients you're using. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make a good one. Really easy to make a bad one. Right. I feel like, like um, coffee, like I've talked endlessly on this podcast how much I like, I love ice dirty tries. Um, that's yeah. like my go-to drink. I oh, had yeah. a realization that a dirty chai is a is a harder is a drink that if you mess up is kind of very mid, but if done perfectly is like perfectly, it's great. Yes, absolutely. Same thing as like a like a a lager. Yes, like standard lager beer. If you mess it up, it can be mid. Absolutely. But if it's done right, it's just like the most most beautiful thing in the world. It's Mm. just like a crisp, clean beer. What's the most overhyped beer company? Doesn't have to be craft. You're asking me to actually throw shots out now. Yeah, I do. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Who's got to go? Who's got to go? Yeah. Oh, see, I can't even do that. I can't even do yeah, that. Yeah, you can. There, there's a, I can't there's a do couple that. <laughs> Shit. All right. Over height. That's so tough. Cause like everything is so subjective. Like mm-hmm. realistically, like there are breweries that are absolutely fucking killing it. There's a, a brewery. I'm not going to like name drop here because. Well, th- this isn't like this isn't like microbreweries. This is like go oh, after like the big macro? dogs. Yes, big, go- big dogs. All right, <laughs> fucking Bush. Fuck that. I hate that shit. <laughs> bush light. If you hand me a Bush light, I'm pissed. <laughs> that shit sucks. Uh, same with like Bud Light. Not a fan. I feel like Bud Light's only relevancy is because Post Malone drinks it. Yeah, and it's not good. Like, I'm sorry, Posty, if you're watching this. Posty, we love you. But Posty, baby, drink Miller Lite. It's way better. Straight up. I I honestly think that he's he's in. He must be in some kind of contract for them for years. Hundred percent. Yes. Hundred percent. And like, am I saying that I wouldn't do that? (laughs) No. But (laughs) but shit. Can't do bush light. Can't do bub bite. Everything else is pretty on the table. If you hand it to me, I'm pretty much like, you know what? All right. It's a beer. Let's go. Okay. 
Um, last rapid fire, and then we'll head towards the close. Totally. Um, <laughs> craziest flavor that you've had, and it was actually good. I've had a couple like imperial stouts um, with various chili peppers. Oh. Um. So like super chocolatey, dark barrel aged beer with like cayenne or like habanero or like I had one with arbol chilies and something about the like sticky chocolatey dark malty flavor with the spiciness of the pepper it works Mm. and I'm a sucker for a good one of those even though every time I read the bottle I'm like this is gonna be terrible (laughs) like this is gonna suck it's going to be spicy chocolate and I'm going to hate it. And then I sip it and I'm like, you know what? God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. That works. Yeah. That does totally. sound, that's an experience for sure. I would rather drink it that is. over really Bush light myself. A hundred percent. Alex, this has been uh, an awesome <laughs> chat. Um, last has. question before we start to wrap up. Um, Let's hit it. Favorite mosh moment that you would like to share and that's anything that's first your mind could be uh during while you were playing just at a show that you were attending and watching whatever's the first year dome is how we start to wrap up the show favorite mosh moment Mm -hmm. anything mosh related god damn it's not very specific but watching heavens die cover the devil was prada at take holds like 2017 oh uh everybody in that building was beating the ever-living shit out of each other (laughs) uh and that was still to this day one of my favorite like i'm actually i'm watching heavens die cover the christian metalcore band i'm fucking terrified yeah that's such an unlikely pairing um yeah what but it was the coolest thing ever uh, Reptar, King of the Ozone. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. It was, <laughs> I want to say it was 2017. Just like, I remember standing in that room and like, being like, them being like, this is a cover, or like whatever they said. And I just like, I was just like, no fucking way. Right. And just like, watching a bunch of Christcore kids beat the shit out of oh, each other to a so... cover of the Devil's Prada that to this day is one of my favorite Moshmo. I know it's vague. No, but uh, that's I've played dope. a lot of shows. <laughs> There's a lot of Moshmo. Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, Alex, we have seen you sweat through your whole shirt. Oh, God, I know. Fucking <laughs> champ for just rocking. This shirt was. This is why you need to watch the Scoped no. Exposure podcast and not just be an audio and listener. And not just listen to it. You can <laughs> um, see my sweaty ass. All of your band links will be in the description in the YouTube notes. Uh, also, your brewery that you work for as well. Got to give them <laughs> some love. Uh, but if there's anything you want to shout out, anything you want to plug, or anything you want to send the people off with, the floor is yours, my friend. Shouts out Scoped Exposure. Shouts out, Spencer. We've been homies for a minute. I'm very, very thankful to be friends with this beautiful, beautiful man. 
very thankful to have had a friendship that has lasted a couple of years and hopefully many, 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 many more. Likewise. Shouts out Black Sack Brewing. If you're into that kind of thing, check them out. Shit's fire. We make a lot of IPAs. Uh, <laughs> Rot's got a new track coming out somewhat soon. Uh, tracking drums two days from now for it. And then just got to finish vocals and that shit will be out to the public. It's about a lot of the uh, not so sick things going on in the city of Minneapolis right now. So classic rot fashion, very political, but grounded in things that actually matter and not just the uh, internet political things. Yes. I love that. Uh, Shouts out dogs. Shout dogs out awesome. to Marty barking on my neighbor. Shouts out Marty. Yeah. Shouts out hams. <laughs> I think that's all I got. Shouts out sweat. Oh my <laughs> God. I can't wait to shower after this. Holy shit. Um, Alex, all <laughs> the things that you, you said about, yeah, just being friends is like, that goes right back to you. I'm really just... I think one of the most beautiful <laughs> things about hardcore is just how paths cross and then continue to cross. Totally. And I've made some of my best friends in the world through touring and playing shows. And most of them live nowhere near me. And I can yes. see them once every two years. <laughs> right. But it's like things like this where yeah. like we could talk and it's like, I saw you yesterday, you know, right. it's Absolutely. just like, yeah, like we didn't skip a beat. And yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Of course. And yeah, I'm really stoked on just how, you know, you're doing all this, like, you know, professional stuff and just like really honing that. And I'm excited to be able to take clips from this podcast and share it in five years when you have your own brewery and all that, That's all that dope shit in the, the in the future. Um, thank you again oh, yeah. for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Last note. I did not mean to call shots at Louisville. I, I hope everyone out there listening understands what I meant by it's being for a band from here, specifically Minnesota is a lot harder than being a band from areas like that. Yeah. We're all the Midwest. We're all grinding. Don't give Alex any grief. We all love. I didn't mean it like that. Yes. It's all love. <laughs> it's all I, love. I haven't gotten to go to the fest myself, but I love everything that LD, LDV is doing. Yeah. Everything that all those bands are doing. It's, mm. It's all a family. It, we're all doing the same thing. It's not a competition. <laughs> no, sir. Um, <laughs> it's all, we all have the same goal. So thanks again, Alex. Thanks, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs>